Thank me later, yeah, I know what I said. But later doesn't always come, so instead. I wish I had one of those buttons. What's up, everybody? What is up, everybody? We are back again this week. Uh, this is the Thank Me Later podcast. We told you we was going to keep them coming every week, and we are back. Just in case you don't know, I am your boy, Nutty. It's Slow Jam Philly. Uh, yes, we are back uh, after uh, last week. Um, prior to that, you know, from that podcast, you know, we were on quite a bit of a hiatus. A hiatus, uh, but we coming back. We are back, know? and we are better than ever. Um, so this week, second week that we're back, last week we didn't do a hot take, but now that we are going to be back consistently, I'm jumping back into the hot takes. Talk so to me. Here's a hot take for this week's episode. Um, most of the world has seen it so far. Most of the world knows. Um, another black man, unarmed black man, um, shot down by the police out in Wisconsin. Or Missouri, was it Missouri? Not Wisconsin, Missouri. Uh, I think it was Wisconsin. Was it Wisconsin? Uh, some boonies town. I honestly, I can't uh, even. It's, yeah. It was either Missouri or, or, or Wisconsin, but um, Jacob Blake, uh, apparently the story goes he was uh, breaking up a fight, police showed up, um, thought he was a su- suspect, um, and was walking back to his car where his three children were inside, uh, opens the door, cop grabs the back of his shirt, and instantly puts seven shots into his back. That's just crazy. Um, Still crazy to me. In no way, shape, or form is that okay. I don't care if anyone cares to argue, well, he shouldn't have walked to his car. He should have been obeying the police. He shouldn't have opened the door. It looked like he was reaching for something. that. We've seen situations where armed white men have been subdued without one gunshot fired by the police. We have seen unarmed white people who have committed heinous crimes subdued by the police without one shot. Black people are tired of being subdued with gunfire. Like, I don't understand what the protocols are. I'm not a cop. I've never gone through police training. But from what I've heard, I'm pretty sure that police trainings do have uh, a portion of their training as to how to uh, calm a situation without using lethal force. I, it has to, like, that's just my way of thinking. Like, there has to be some sort of training they go through to be able to uh, calm a situation without reacting and pulling their gun first. Because I'm sick of the excuse that uh, they felt their lives were in danger. Like, we're sick of it. And, and it's, it's getting to a point where black people are going to start f***ing up. Like, the rioting and the looting is, is, a, is a cry for pay attention to us. That's what that is. For anyone who doesn't understand that when something like this happens and there's no um, consequences for, the, for these cops' actions, this is, this is how we react. We act up. We get ignorant. And one way or the other, this motherfucker is going to burn if y'all don't stop the nonsense. Um, 
I'm going to leave it there. That's just how I take. That's not one of our topics today. Um, but understand, uh, shooting unarmed black people is not okay because at some point, black people are going to start uh, um, sort of mobilizing, get these uh, licenses mm -hmm. to carry. And if a cop pulls out his gun unwarranted, <laughs> We're gonna start seeing some 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 gunshots coming the other way. Yeah. And y'all don't want that. But it's crazy that you even gotta take it. I mean, it's crazy that we even gotta it's take it. It's crazy that that's a, that's even a thought. Like my thought process watching that video, I'm sorry we're going into it, but I, this is gonna be my last point. But it's okay. I mean, we could talk about it. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Literally, my thought was when that happened, what was my, my like literally thinking, like, okay, we gotta start arming ourselves. Like, literally, like, if we see a situation getting out of hand, I mean, I want to see, like, legal gun-carrying black people, hands on they shit, wait, like, policing the police, letting them know he ain't got no weapon. You better not shoot him. Mm -hmm. You shoot him, it's going to be some smoke. We shooting y'all. And, it's gonna be and that's smoke. a crazy thing. And that's, I mean, but that's a scary thing about it. Like everybody starts being armed. Then of course, you know, the police going to be that he had a gun and, you know, even if he wasn't using it or he wasn't a threat, you know, he had a gun and that's a crazy thing about it. Like, even if we have them legally, they're going to hold it against us. No matter what, no matter they're what, they're just going to say it's a gun. Like, it's Oh, he gun. had a gun. And it's, I mean, it's like I always, like when we talk about this stuff, it's crazy that you can shoot somebody just cold-blooded and not have no remorse. Like, you got to be a cold individual. You be a cold cat. Like, like to just shoot and just shoot seven times. Hold, and they're holding him, like, holding his this, shirt. This close away. Pop it like, off. Like, that's what I don't understand. This close away, and there's three officers Three officers, Popping. one guy. How much was he a really a threat to your life? Like that's like, what I don't understand. They like the, the the shitty part is what we know for a fact. They assumed he was going to his car for a weapon. We, we don't know this. All what we do know is his three kids was in the car. Not saying that I would do the same thing because. Listen, guns pointing at me. I ain't trying to get shot. I'm, hey, hands is staying up. I don't right. care. But trying to understand this man's logic in a way that you, like, he just stopped the fight. He's surrounded by cops. He knows his kids are right there. I'm, I'm getting in my car to make sure my kids is all right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you're going to assume that I got a weapon or I'm like a threat to you because I'm walking casually to my car to check on my kids. Like, that's what I think was going on. I'm not assuming this man had a weapon because they, they checked, didn't have one on him, didn't have one in the car, and ended up getting shot seven times. And then come to find out he is now paralyzed from the waist down, still fighting for his life. So, gosh. Um, my prayers to, to, to Jacob Blake. <laughs> His family, his the, kids are gonna be scarred forever. Scarred for like, life. I don't even. I don't. I didn't even. I haven't seen. I haven't checked the story to see their ages, but like that's not gonna ever leave their mental. Like they were right there, gunshots going off, watching their father I just almost get murdered. 
it's, it's, I mean, I always think about these things. I don't understand sometimes. Because if that were to happen, like, and these cops aren't arrested, and that's what bothers me, too. Cause they get paid it, leave. Paid if leave. It, if it was the other way around, and I'm walking, and I think this cop is going to shoot me. Let's just say I'm walking. I'm not doing nothing wrong. I think this cop is going to shoot me. So I shoot him first. And I'm just, I just start shooting him. I'm getting arrested because I shot somebody of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But law enforcement shoots someone. I Again, I could go on. I just think it's the situation. I mean, it, the system is just. The cra- you know what's crazy is that you say that. I just get speechless sometimes because I'm just like. Uh, Huey P. Newton, one of the founders of Black Panther Party, actually went through. Like, the crazy part is I don't know how he didn't get thrown under the jail because there was, there's no cameras in these times where he got into a tussle with an officer who was illegally like trying to detain him. And, you know, they end up fighting and struggling. Huey grabs the gun and shoots the guy because he didn't like, he didn't want to die. He didn't want him to shoot me. He didn't want a cop to kill him. Yeah. And like, that's what I, and I think about being in that situation too. Like, what if I, I'm not doing nothing and a cop pulls out his gun or he's like trying to beat me and stuff and I don't do nothing. And that's a crazy thing. Like either I got to cooperate and get beat up. Like you see the videos, you get beat up or whatever. They may shoot me. They may beat me up or do I fight them back? Like, and that's the thing we got to, I mean, like I'm probably going to fight you back and, we just going to be tussling. That's it. Like, the fact like, that we have to question that in right, today's that, world. Like, we have to think, do we, do we uh, follow his commands? Right. We say, F- that, and we, I'm right. trying to live and get home. Right. Because and, if I follow your command, who knows what will actually happen? Yeah, like, who because, knows if you're... Like, you're not just going to arrest me or put me in cuffs and just put me in the car, all right, take me in. All right, cool. If that if those things were happening, black men and black people in general, they wouldn't be scared for their lives. At all. That stuff, that stuff does not happen. No. I mean, well, I mean, it happens. Not saying that it doesn't happen anywhere. But I'm saying those things, when you see black men getting detained or, you know, getting beat up or getting hit or getting shot, what makes you think that we're going to feel comfortable with you just coming and being, hey, put your hands behind your back or, hey, get on the car, you know, Stuff yeah. like that. People are scared. My guy was probably scared for his life. I don't want to get shot. I'm about to go to my car and leave. I got my kids in the car. Mm-hmm. Like I'm about to bounce, man. I don't want no problems. Come up behind them, pop. And I, it's hard for me to understand. Again, I, I just don't. And again, I know cops are trained. Like they're trained either your life or their life. You know, I have cop friends. Like I know cops, so they're trained your life or their life. If that happens, you just start. If they they feel that there's a threat, then you just fire off so that you make sure you don't get shot. So you just fire. But my guy's back was turned. I don't think that he was a threat. If he was a threat, I just feel like there's so many other ways than just killing someone. Like yeah, even if you want to shoot, even if you want to shoot the guy in his leg, you guys. I mean, they go to shooting. They got target. Like they're trained to shoot. So shoot someone in the leg so he falls down. You're right, right there. Like what? What? Like that? The, the the crazy thing, what you're saying is, the cop that fired off 
he was trying to kill him. Oh, for sure. That's you, before you get your gun handed to you and your badge, you go through training to, to, for, to show you can shoot. Right. Basically. Right. The fact that he chose, as he's that close, chose to hold the gun high, as high as he could and fire off into his, like, there's no way cops don't know that parts, there's certain parts of the body you can hit to subdue somebody. If That's you're what I don't understand. Gun. If you're because... going to shoot your gun, you know you can hit some, like, there's, there's, an, there's an artery in your thigh that if it's hit, you can bleed out and there's no stopping it. I'm pretty sure they know where that is. Or they're in the calf part of, like, it's, this is a whole ass muscle. You can shoot. And, and that's what I don't understand. That's like, it. I don't, I don't have to shoot you 10 million times to, like, get you to stop. Even if someone's running, let's say you pull out your gun, even though I don't think, even if someone's running, you can tase them or chase them and tackle them. Like, even if they are running, let's say you want to shoot them. Why can't you shoot them in the leg, in the hip, in the butt, anything? They're still going to fall. It's not like anybody – if I run and I get shot in my leg, it's not like I'm about to be like, oh, you shot me in the leg. Let me keep going. No, I'm going to fall. You're going to be able to come grab me and detain me. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, like they, they know the likelihood of shooting somebody from the waist up. They're going to die. Right. How is it that that's what you're – like, that's where – like, 90% of these situations looks like they're aiming for it. Because they don't care. They don't care. And that's and, the thing. And the fact that they don't care, if we stop caring, it's going to be a war. And that's it's going to be a And that's going to be the crazy thing. And then, and then officers are going to start dying. And then more black people are going to start dying. And then it's going to be a true war. And it's like, and it's sad that that, I mean, even you have to even think about that. But it's like, man, you got to prepare for these things now. And it sucks that you actually have to prepare for I'm these telling things. you, man, I'm early 2021 your boy nutty will be a licensed carrier there's no way i'm gonna put myself in a position to be harassed or costed by a trigger happy or a uh just a disgruntled unhappy or racist cop it ain't it ain't gonna go down the way he think it's gonna go down. Like I'm, you pull me over, and if I sent you on some bullshit, hey, it's gonna well, some something's gonna go down one way or the other. I'm just that's you know what I'm saying I'm not I'm not going to wait for your trigger happy ass to react. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna be no cautionary tale on, on in one of these stories where you know. He was unarmed, his hands were up, and still got shot. No, 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 no. It's going to be, you're going to hear my story. This cop was harassing me, threatening my life. I shot at him, and we had a good old Western shootout. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what happened. I'm, I'm going to give it a fuck. I'm going to say my life felt threatened because I'm tired of seeing people that look like me get shot his hand was on his and I shot him out of safety for my life. I, did I kill him? Could I kill him? 
No, I shot him in the leg. And that's I, a crazy I thing. I shot him in the arm. And like, that's a crazy thing. You, know what like, I'm you can't shoot people in these places. You you like, I gotta shoot to kill you or treat you like an animal. Like yeah. like unless someone is literally blast and that's a crazy thing. And I and again, I don't know trainings because I'm not in law enforcement, but unless someone I think unless someone is really truly blasting you or really like about to be like this, then you fire away. Mm-hmm. But None of these instances where we're seeing black men get shot, are they shooting at cops? Not one of them have not shot one. at a cop at all. Not one. Not, not a shoot and miss. Not a, hey, I'm not even a point. Like, not even, hey, I'm going to shoot you. I don't think it's even a, a grab. Like, bam. Like, I don't even think it's that. That's what I'm trying to understand. And that's what I struggle with. And that's why it irks me to talk about these because I literally, when I say I, it's crazy and I don't understand, I ponder after I see these videos and these instances and I really don't understand how people could think the way they think and these things keep happening and someone is really treated a different way because of their skin color. Mm-hmm. And then people have to, people think, and then when, when people bring up, it just irks me when people bring up criminal records, when br- people bring up, oh, he used to do drugs, or oh, he dropped out of high school, or oh, he's a deadbeat dad. Whatever the case may be, all they're trying, why do black men have to be the perfect citizens and scholars and do everything right for you to justify him dying? Like, like it's insane. Like, Oh, if he was a if he was a dean of his class, and he was a uh, he was running for office and mayor in the city, and you know he had a that would like that's the only way you justify a black man being shot. Like but, I don't give a damn if the brother was a crackhead, high on high as a kite. Exactly. If he ain't got no weapon, he like that's the thing. I I don't give, like, if it's not a gun, don't give me this story that you had, he he posed a threat to your life. Right. Like, I don't care if he got a baseball bat. Right. And it's chasing you. Turn around and shoot him in his foot. Problem's over. Just like that. What is he going to do? Hit you with, throw the bat at you? Like, Throw the bat at you, are you going to die, sir? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, like if he had threw the bat at you from 20 yards away, were you going to die? But, you know, you could say, oh, he was trying to kill me with the baseball bat. That's why I shot him 15 times. 15 times in the chest and finished him off one to the right. head. Because he had a baseball bat and, a- I had a th- <laughs> and I had a fear for my life that he was going to kill me and he was going to bang my head in. So I had to shoot him 15 times. After I shot him the first five and he fell back, I thought maybe he might get up. So I shot him 10 more times. I, I had to keep going. I had to make sure the threat uh, was stopped. Like, that's why I don't get even how the system or when, we, when they go to court, like, I don't get, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's crazy. Like, I... I'm telling you, you're gonna see me on the news. I'm a, a cop. I'm a cop. Gonna come to my car. If his hand is on his, <laughs> he's catching one in the shoulder. I'm gonna get out the car, put my leave my gun in the car, and I'm be standing right there, hands up, foot on his chest, so he can't move, <laughs> waiting for cops to come. And when they ask me what happened, 
I'm going to say, he walked up to my car with his hand on his gun. I felt like he was threatening my life. I shot his ass in the shoulder. You probably should not stay there. I would say just hey. go turn yourself in. Just go to the police oh, office. By the and time which, I shoot him, there's going to be people cameras out. Well, I know, but you, but you, if you, but if you stay there with with a cop on the ground shot, they gonna get out the car and start firing on you, cause <laughs> like what? You already know how cops do. You know their brothers down in arms. You know I had to protect them, so you know you might as well just go to the police station and be like, hey, hey I just shot a cop in the arm. You know, blah blah. And hey, if they if they want to shoot another unarmed black man. And, and, and risk losing their jobs and their pension with cameras rolling, so be it. Because I'll, I'll f around and just, just to be clear, I'm unarmed. I'll shoot his ass in that shoulder, let him hit the ground. I'll strip butt naked <laughs> just to show I ain't got no weapons on you. So if you show up and shoot me, you, your life is over. You're really dumb. Your life right. is over. Ain't, ain't no weapons on me, officer. Oh, man. You could clearly see ain't no weapons on my person. So let's take me to jail. Let me plead my case. Straight you up. Funny. But listen, man, hey, we, man. Wanted, we, we wanted to touch on that. It was going to be a hot take, but... But again, I mean, we shoot. Had we had to go into again, it. Again, this ain't scripted, though, y'all. We had to talk about it. And yeah, man. Just, we just want to talk, man. Like we had to. We 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 were. I mean, us being in lifestyle, everything, and us trying to you know achieve things that we want to achieve. We get asked a question sometimes. We get. I mean, we got asked a question recently. Like, how do I, how do I maximize my opportunity and the gifts that I have? Like, how do I find out what I'm even, you know, like what my gifts are? You know, like I have this opportunity, and I, you know, I want to do this. Thing and I want to create this, but I don't really know how. Um, so, you know, we ask our question and we always talk to people about it. And sorry, for us, for lifestyle, everything, I don't think that it was ever a plan. Like, I don't think it was ever, I mean, it was a plan once we started doing it, of course. But if you ask me or Danny what we wanted to be when we grow up, it probably was, I mean, it, of course, it, it probably wasn't entrepreneurs. It was to be in the league for a sport mm -hmm. like it wasn't to be you know but you know as life goes on and you start seeing things and you start seeing how things work and you know you start seeing how the system works you realize that you want to be your own boss and for people who want to be their own boss or you know create something I think the biggest thing for us um I would say when creating the podcast when creating the roundtable talks and, you know, creating everything that we're going to create, like Ellie Sport, um, consistency, I think, for us would be, I mean, some of the biggest things. And even us doing that now, us working on that. It's a, And the crazy thing is it's a constant, not, I guess, battle, but it's a constant, yeah, battle. And it's a constant effort. Because if you think about it every day, you go to work, you, depending on what your job is, you might work two jobs. You're like, how do I get up the energy to even want to do a podcast after I've been working all day? Or how do I get up, get enough energy to want to, you know, do my work that's not paying me yet, mm -hmm. you know, for the work that is paying me. The work that is paying me, I work from nine to five. Then I get home, I'm tired, I might shower, I eat dinner, it's seven, eight o'clock. Then I got to worry about 
I have this dream and I have this vision that I want to do that I don't have no time for it. And that is going to take sacrifice. That's going to take consistency. That's going to take you understanding that. And again, I say this a lot, but understanding that everybody doesn't have your same vision, understanding that everybody doesn't have your same, you know, thought process, that is huge. And you hear people say it, like I've heard Eric Thomas say it. I think I've heard Eric Thomas is a motivational speaker. I've heard Steve Harvey say it. Um, and I kind of never fully understood that. Like I never fully understood like what they meant. Like, I'm like, yeah, they don't really have the same, you know, the same vision as me or, you know, same thought process as me. You know how I think, but I'm like, once you're in it, mm-hmm. you start, you start understanding it. Like, Hey, I might pitch this idea to my family, my auntie, you know, or my boys, because I want them to be a part of it. And, you know, if they don't have that same vision as you, what you, what, what, what do you guys hear? What do people hear? They're like, mm, mm, are you sure? But what about this? Know. But what about this? What if you do it this way? Or what about this? Or, you know, when you come with them with the, with the plan and they come with you, when you come with them with all positives, you come at them with all positives and they come at you with a negative before anything else, that right there lets you know, okay, your vision is not the same as me. Yeah. Like, dreamers dream. Like no, I told different you. Ways. Yeah. And, and you, I can't expect, and you can't expect people, you can't expect people to think like you all the time. For sure. You can't expect, but they didn't come from where you come from and they didn't put the work in. It, it sucks. I mean, it's tough because if people are not putting the, the groundwork in, like people aren't putting the groundwork in for me and Danny. No. So when we reach our goal, we get to where we want to. You didn't put the groundwork in. Not saying that you can't be a part of it, but you're never going to be to where me and Danny was because we were there when everybody was telling us no. When everybody was telling us no or, or uh, I don't understand. Or, you know, we pitch an idea and we get left on red. Mm-hmm. You know, we pitch an idea and, you know, our, our, somebody breezed by it and they start talking about something else. Mm-hmm. You know? To where you're going. And, and, it's gonna, and it takes that. And now I, I kind of get it when actors and you know stuff like that say oh i pitched i pitched to like 10 10 billion you know i picked not 10 billion but like 10 different pitches to this company mm-hmm. and everyone said no everyone said no because they don't see the, the vision that you have for that paper like for uh-huh. that script that you have they don't see that the they don't see the end, they don't see the end game they don't see that so they're like mm, nah i'm cool and then when you get that yes like Tyler Perry, I'm sure he got turned down a million times. Like, I'm sure that he's the prime example. He got right. He probably got told no so many damn times. He said, "It, I'm gonna build my do own this on my own. I'm gonna do it on my own. I do it myself. Now can't nobody tell me nothing. Right. That's, I got that, a whole. That's what's crazy. I got a whole community basically. I got a whole whole community for studio like i gotta it's crazy whole uh, land purchase land because he probably got tired of working for other people and and his ideas getting slanted the door he said i bet uh i'm gonna go this route i'm gonna build my own studio that's 10 times bigger than any studio in hollywood and allow people to come create and do things how they want to here Rather than going and, and you know tap dancing for other people like to create some could, stuff, like you but, literally could really make a whole 
movie there. Not you do a whole, you could do anything there. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Got, that's like 15 different sound stages. That's insane. You know what I'm saying? But to chime in on what, what Phil was saying, like to, to find your gift, like Phil said, like my goal was to be a major league baseball player. Like I was good enough to do that. Phil was good enough to play basketball in the league. Like that's what we initially wanted to do. Like creating a business uh, and a brand was not the dream or the goal when I was 18, 19, 20, up to 21. You know what I mean? Like where we are now, you, you, you literally, you know, when, when, when life does not go according to how you plan it to be, you have to just, to me, you have to just live and experience and, and really try different things in order to find out what your end game is. Like, what you're good at. What you're good at. You know what I'm saying? Like, luckily, like, I, my, like my situation, it, I mean, it's such a crazy story how it happened because I got to this point by chance. Like, it wasn't something I was seeking. It wasn't something I was looking for. It happened, and I'm beyond happy that it happened this way. I don't know, like, because I don't even think I've ever explained my story of becoming an entrepreneur on the podcast before. But I'm going to try to keep it simple. When I realized I couldn't play ball no more, um, I needed money. I needed, a, you know, I needed to work. I needed to find a job. And the first thing I found was working for a, a company in, in San Francisco to take, they hired me to take my own digital camera to clubs and parties, take pictures of at the parties and then upload them onto their website. And they paid me like 50 bucks every party I went to. So I eventually got to a point like after four months from Thursday to Sunday, I'm hitting 15 different clubs throughout the weekend. And um, as I'm doing that, um, I'm meeting every club owner, every GM, every DJ, every party promoter, every security guard. And just by chance, I'm seeing how the nightlife, you know, industry works. Like I'm you know, seeing how they make money at the door. I'm seeing how they're making money at the bar. I'm seeing how, you know, they sell tables. I'm seeing how, you know, different DJs, you know, you know, have different times and different sets. You know, you got your opening DJ, you got your closing DJ. And, and I'm literally learning this business just by chance because I'm in the mix of all this. So after four months of this, of every weekend taking pictures, one of the club owners is like, because, you know, as well as, you know, I was sort of a popular person. Like, I just knew a lot of people. So every club I end up, I went to every weekend, you know, I know half the people in the, in the spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm having fun while doing my job. And just by chance, one random night, club owner's like, yo, man, you know half the people in here. Why, don't, have you, are, why aren't you a party promoter? It's like, uh-huh. I was like, well, I mean, I'm. I'm really just doing this to make some extra money. He was like, man. And he was like, man, listen, man. The party promoters that promote here are walking out every night or every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every night they do a party, but with between 500 and two grand a night. Right. I'm like, what? 
She's like, bet, sign me up. Let's I'm like, I'm like, let's talk. So I get, you know, his card. We talk some more. And a month after that, I set up and planned my very first party. It was an 18 and up party uh, at a spot that ain't like, it's ain't even there no more, but it was called Fanatics <laughs> out in the city. It was a big ass indoor, outdoor joint, right? I, I partnered with this one dude that I knew who had been promoting for a while and he was my homie, right? So fast forward, we, we, we drop the flight, we do the party. It's impact. Like it's ridiculous. I'm not even like thinking about the money because I'm just amazed that I did this, and right? People showed up. People showed up. Line was, I mean, the parking lot was full. It was crazy. Like, there wasn't no problems, no drama, no fights, no nothing. Legit. And, and this was t- 2007, mind you. So, do the party. Remember that it's my party. I remember it's my party. So, I got to go to the, to, to the, to get the, the, the money box and take it up to the the owner's office so me and my boy can count it. We opened that thing and money shot out that bitch, right? <laughs> we count, we counted all up. At the end of that night, me and my boy split $19,000. Sheesh. My very first party, we split $19,000. Minus tw- like $2,500 for expenses. Right. But we basically both walked out with about seven grand. Yeah. First party. I'm like, bet. This is like, I, I was like, I think this might be my calling. So fast forward, I'm, I'm from 2007 to, to 2012. I'm one of the best party promoters in the Bay. I started emceeing the parties. That's where, you know, the, the legend of Nutty was born. Like anybody okay. that knows me, has been to one of my parties, see me on the mic. I've had celebrities at parties. I've had artists at parties. I've had, you know, NFL teams at parties. It's lit. I'm think party promoter is where that this is it for me. Like right. I'll be a party promoter and then I'm on a club and I'm lit. And fast forward where things change a little bit. I end up throwing a concert. One of the dudes that was on that show at the concert ended up blowing up. He eventually asked me to be his road manager. I accept it. I toured the world as a road manager with one of the hottest artists from in 2012. Um, ended up learning the music business through learning the music business. Most of y'all know who Jay Valentine is. Uh, met Jay Valentine through the artist I was working with. Jay Valentine ended up becoming my mentor. I ended up learning the A&R business with Jay. Jay taught me pretty much everything there is to know about the music business. I ended up doing A&R work independently um, and helping um, some of the people that work at Interscope. Um, then from there, uh, me and Phil started talking about launching our own brand and pretty much doing everything that I do and everything that he wanted to do and under one work. company. So yeah. Phil, Phil was in school getting his sociology degree because Phil loved helping people. That's what he wanted to do. I want to be able to create different ways to help people, whether it be mentoring, whether it be through sports, whether it be through motivational speaking. I was like, all that sounds dope. I want to learn that part of the business too. Phil was interested in learning the entertainment side of business. We put that all together. It became Lifestyle Everything. Now we are here. And that's how my gift became to be.
but you, I mean, but you started out like everything you said, you said you just did. And I think that's the biggest thing. You took a chance. I took a hell of a chance. That first party, it could have been no people, you know? Oh, but here's the kicker. So the first party had that many people walked out with seven grand. Here's the, the other, the, the flip side to that coin. The next three parties I did after that, I didn't make a goddamn thing. Right. Made no money. Yeah. So with finding my gift came sacrifices after sacrifices after sacrifices because doing my own parties back then, it cost me money. So if I didn't make nothing, I took a hit. Yeah. Even when we were, when I started hosting parties, there were a lot of clubs that were becoming uh, anti-hip-hop and would tell us we could no longer do work there. So, boom, I'm taking more hits. Right. And then due to, due to concerts that kind of launched me into the music business, those concerts went great and were no issues. But then that venue that, we, that I love working with decided they didn't want to do hip-hop no more. So right. there's always a flip side. But, to, you kept, but you kept at it. I kept at it. And I that's what you're it. talking about. And that's what the the, the but that's what you talk about with consistency, you yep. know. Keep keep going no matter what, no nice. matter what knocks you down, no matter what happens, you got to keep going. And it's more so like finding out what you enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. what do I enjoy doing? Like, mm-hmm. what do no matter what it is, what do I really enjoy doing? And I could see myself, you know, waking up every day and really mm-hmm. just going after this and be like, oh wow, I can do this for the rest of my life. Yep. And that's the crazy. And that's the thing I think about about us is like. We love doing these podcasts. We love helping people. You know, we love putting on events. You know, we love doing these things. So it doesn't, it never seems like work. It just seems like, oh, we're coming together, you know, to get together with people or, you know, do something fun or, you know, interactive for people to, you know, latch, latch onto, mm-hmm. you know, and it's more so like if you don't use your gifts that God has for you, it's more so like you're wasting them. Waste. In a way. Like, for sure. Like, and that's the crazy thing. You can get stuck. We're going to a job that you hate and it pays you a hundred K per day, but you're not happy. Mm-hmm. Like you're not happy. So every day you go to this job, but yet you have this plan stuck in the back of your mind. I got this great idea, this plan that I want to put together with me and my family or, you know, me and my best friend, whatever it is, but I don't want to do it because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Or I'm scared what somebody else is going to think. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is wasting your gifts basically and not utilizing what God has given you. Mm-hmm. every every path is going to open up and nothing's going to be easy and that's what i think i learned like younger i'm thinking that oh i'm just gonna get it like especially as a young like when, like when we first started out or like when i first started thinking about this i was like oh i'm about to make a million dollars next year mm-hmm. you know i'm about to make a meal but it's not that simple it's not that easy so it's like that's where you start realizing like hey i gotta put the groundwork in like i gotta For start sure. really I got to really start doing this. Like, I got to be consistent. Like, I got to work for this. Like, nothing's going to be given to me. Everybody else is trying to eat just like we're trying to eat. Everybody else is trying to do their thing as well. So what makes us different? What makes lifestyle everything different? What makes you different than anybody else is going to be your consistency, what the work you put in, you know, utilizing what you have, figuring out what you enjoy and being mm-hmm. happy. Yep. Like, at the end of the day, be happy, have fun. Absolutely. Like, you want, like, that's the thing. Like, people, I'm going to tell you, after the July we've been through, one thing that me personally will never take for granted again 
is missing out on opportunities and not fully living life to the max and being yep. happy with it. Yep. Like, I will never waste a moment of my life again doing something that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to do it. Like, I refuse yeah. to do it. Like, the difference, I'm going to tell people the difference between what me and Phil are doing is that if you were to ask us if we would rather take a 40 to 60 hour week job making 100K a year or making 50 start or like, let's say year one of right. either taking a job where you can, you're working 40, 60 hours a week and make 100K or year one of creating a business, working for yourself and making 50K a year you get and be, and, and be happy. I'm taking that 50k and working 50K. for my self. Because because I'm gonna double that in year two. You know what I'm saying? Or year three, like we gonna double it and just the, keep going. The grind for yourself and doing what makes you happy. There's no better feeling than that. Like there's no better feeling than that. Waking up knowing that you control your destiny. You control your income. You control what happens next. There's no better feeling than that. Cause it's crazy. Cause you're going to go that much harder for yourself than you would for any other, any job that, especially if you're unhappy at, mm -hmm. you're going to go that much harder. And I'm I think that, what no, are you I'm, saying? I was going to say, and what, and what people have to realize is that the motivation for that comes from you. It ain't going to come from your homies you ask and, or the family woo. you ask to help you. That motivation is strictly yours. So if you Freeze, fail, preacher. if you fail, it's on you. Yeah. Like you can't like if if I fail ten times out of ten at what I'm at you know my portions of what I do for lifestyle everything, I can't blame Phil for that. Like, like that's on me. Right. Phil, like Phil is my my one. Like we are one hundred percent partners, fifty fifty split down the middle when it comes to le. But. If I don't carry my weight in this, right, and and I fail, I failed him, and I failed myself because that motivation on me. I can't rely on Phil to get me hyped every morning to you know write a mission statement mm -hmm. that I have to do. I gotta wake up and be excited like fuck. I gotta do this mission statement for our new website, you know, and 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 vice versa like. When Phil's working on, you know, outlines for, you know, the basketball camps that are coming through for the LE Sports Academy, it's on him to do that. Like, I can remind him, get him, ex you know, get him excited. But at the end of the day, Phil got to get up and do that work. Danny got to get up and do that work. We got to be motivated to do our individual work so that we, that this thing survives and, and makes it happen. So realize man your, your gifts are within you whatever you love doing you know you gotta one you gotta try new things to even figure out what what you actually love or what you like yeah and i guarantee you whatever it is somebody out there is getting paid for it right there's no reason why you shouldn't yeah preach it's all about habit too like just like you were saying if you do i would even say like hey after work, even if you don't do a lot, let's just say I'm trying to create an outline. Even if I write one sentence a day, 
that is progress for me doing nothing. And all it's going to do is just keep building. Then I'm going to write two. Then I'm going to write three. Then I'm going to write a paragraph to where I'm trying to go. And that's why I keep bringing it back to consistency. Because if you're not consistent, it's just going to take longer. And I mean, there's going to be no success. You're going to see no growth. You're going to see nothing out of it. And I think that's what we're, I mean, that's what we're learning as well. Like consistency Mm -hmm. is going to take us there. Mm-hmm. You know, consistency, having, you know, having a plan, you know, being happy, like those things are going to take us to the next level. So I would even say for my young boys or, you know, for even older people, whoever it is, I mean, you got to start by believing in yourself and being consistent. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like you said, everybody's vision, some people, some people's visions are, are this small, but for, if you can't see, if you're just listening my fingers are close together, <laughs> but it's this small and, and, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna think. And that's, that's just something that me and Danny has realized over time. They're not going to think the same as you. Nope. They're not. And that does not mean your idea is not great. That does not mean that you don't have a plan. That does not mean you're going to, you can't be your own boss one day. That just means they don't see it the same as you. Now, if they're trying to give you advice on how to better that, you know, like, oh, I love it, but let's, you know, let's do this or let me help you with this. Or like, you know, maybe we do this a little different so that you, okay, that's cool. But if they're pointing out, oh, well, how are you going to make money this first year? So you're going to come out of money out of your pocket? Oh, what if, what if nobody shows up to this event? Those are the people you don't want around you. Mm-hmm. You don't want those people around you in your life. So, so man. But, um, hey, I'm telling you, like, that was, you got a little bit of portion of, like, how we found our gifts. Yeah. We literally, like, just happened by living, trying, shit, you know, seeing what you may or may not be good at, and and then doors start to open if you put the work in. Like, that's really what it's about. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you you know, you can't, like, one, like one thing I tell people that, that have asked me, okay, how did you get into this? Or like, you know, how did you know that this was something you wanted to do? One way it didn't happen was me sitting down trying to think about it. Like I went, I didn't sit on my ass and just, what what do I love to do? What do I want to do? Like I legit got out there and tried things and it just happened that way. So sitting at home, thinking about it, wasting time, it don't work that way. You know what right. I mean? Like, unless you're a really creative person and that's kind of your process of how you get there. For me, it didn't work that way. I had to get out and try different things, see different things in order to be like, okay, I can do this. So I'm going to go for it. That's right. just how it happened to me. So that's what my suggestion would be is get out there and try, try things you enjoy doing or try some things that you think you might like and see what happens you never know uh-huh. take yep. a chance take the jump man that's literally it take a chance i mean i i i talked to my friend he started his own you know his own um sport basketball training in in uh stockton and we were talking and he he literally was like hey everybody he had out there not one of them was our childhood friends not one of them was none of his boys and i was like where's all he was like they didn't believe he literally was like, they didn't believe. He's like, man, I love them, but I mean, shoot, they didn't believe in. You know, I just made a plan and I just did it. Like, literally, I just did it. 
And then I just kept doing it. And then I just, even when I have two kids come out, the next week I show up, I just kept doing it and being consistent. And that's all it is about doing it and taking that chance. Even if you fail the first time or the first five times, sticking to what you believe and making things better, I think that's, some, that's one of the biggest things. Just stick to it. First time, you might have two people there. Second time, you might have five. Build, build, but it's something that you're enjoying and something that you're happy with. Yep. That's it at the end of the day. Use your man. gifts, guys. Hey, use, use your gifts. Them. Don't waste them, man. But listen, yeah. um, before we get out of here, I do want to give a shout out to my homegirl, Carrie, who is now become officially our uh, sports athletic trainer for um, the LE Sports Academy. Um, once we get up and going, she's going to be there with her team, making sure that every uh-huh. athlete that pulls up is, is, you know, stretched out, you know, taped up and, and all of that good stuff and make sure that all, you know, we go through all the injury prevention precautions we need to. So shout out to Carrie, um, her uh, business, Applied Pressure Athletics. She's dope. Um, just wanted to let her know that, uh, shout out to her business and then she'll be rocking with us. But, uh, yeah, man, we are, we, again, me and Phil going to ride this thing to the wheels fall off. We're going to be back next week with another episode. Um, but Hey, this is hey. the later podcast, man. Love y'all. Y'all next time, man. We out. Thank me later. Yeah. I know what I said, what I said. but later doesn't always come. So instead.